And um, I am a man that loves God, and I always like to see souls coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I consider myself as a person with a sense of humor. You, mm-hmm. you have indeed. <laughs> um, how long have you been a pastor? You must have been have a sense of humor to have been a pastor for. Yes, uh, uh, it's now about 39 years that I've been a pastor. Yes. Uh. And John, if you can uh, just flick through the slides. This is where Harari is, for those of you that don't know. Next one. Uh, if we're heading on, the, on Baden-Powell Drive from Musenberg towards the N2, um, Harari is part of Kai Litcher. Next slide. Uh, that's really where the church site is and where the church is meaning at the moment. The next slide zooms in a little bit closer, and that's where uh, the Harari Baptist Church has a site. Uh, tell us a little bit about the church. Yes, um, the church itself, um, it's situated in, in Harare, as we see it there. When it started years back, it started with a lady with the name of Gladys Matikane, who started uh, by introducing skills like sewing and, and all that. And then the church started growing and it became a church until I came in to what it is today. Yeah. Now tell us the story of the, uh, behind these pictures. Next slide, please, John. Okay, there we have the church coming on nicely on your, your site. Tell us what happened. Yeah, uh, every time I look at that picture, you know, the sadness comes back again because as we look at that structure there, the, the building was already quite high up, about five meters high. Unfortunately, a, a storm came and uh, all four walls collapsed. Yeah, as you can see right there, everything was reduced to rubbles. And the fundraising that went for years, everything just went away. That's how it is. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I read up a little bit about Kailich on Wikipedia. There are, well, you tell me there are four million people. Yes. So maybe you need to update Wikipedia because they, they haven't hit that number yet. Mm-hmm. But there are four million people living there. How many are there, is the church strong in Kailich or is there a need for, for more evangelical gospel preaching churches? I think there's always the need where we need more evangelical gospel preaching churches, knowing that the church becomes the light and the salt in right. the area. Yes. So the need is quite high. Yes. Yes. And then just talk us through this next picture. It's of your church leadership, I believe. Some of our elders are in the picture, so okay. you can leave them out of it. All right. Uh, okay. who, who are those people? Okay. That is the leadership of, of our church. And uh, the treasurer, the project manager, and the ladies, the secretary, and the most beautiful lady there next to me is my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, thank you for introducing yourself, and over to you. Thank you for coming to preach here today. Thank you. Well, um, as I said during the morning service, that to me it's an honor and a privilege indeed to be at uh, the Connect Church. Um, I just want to get my stuff ready here. Um, When I received the invitation to come and preach, we started praying and asking the Lord, 
what is it that you want us to say at the church this morning? And uh, what the Lord has laid in my heart is in the book of Mark, the gospel according to Mark. Mark chapter 4. Uh, we will start reading from uh, verse 35. I will start reading. It reads as follows. Jesus comes the storm. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, Jesus as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The Lord blessed the reading of his word. Shall we just close our eyes in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Thank you for the opportunity to speak on your behalf. I pray that, Lord, take away my eloquency and ability to express myself, but speak to your people and touch the lives of men and women that are here for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Looking at the scripture that we have just read from, the theme on this particular sermon this morning is the storms of life. The storms of life. By way of introduction, there are many storms that we face in life. Some experience the storms in a small or a larger degree. The fact is that it is in the plural. It is storms. This means that storms will come and go. It will not be a once-off attack. It is not about the severity or the size of the storm, but it is a fact that it is a storm. Now, whether it is in a teacup or otherwise, a storm is a storm. Now, talking about the storm, 
there are things that we need to know about the storms of life. That's point number one. Things that we need to know about the storms of life. And also, number two is that what to do when the storm comes. What to do when the storm comes. It's not if the storm comes, but it is when. In other words, it's going to come. Brace yourselves. The last point is Jesus asked two questions. After everything happened, the drama and everything, Jesus is asking two questions. We will come back to those questions. Let's look um, things that we need to know about the storms of life. As, as it is in, in most situations, the storm would come at a very awkward time. In verse 35, in this case here, the storm came in the evening, in the most inconvenient time. That's when the storm starts to hit. Now, knowing about the storms, in verse 37, number one, they can come suddenly, unprepared. As we read verse 37, it comes without a warning. And storms can also come in the very same day, like the story that we get about the veteran Job. Job had four messengers bringing sad news to him about the storms of life. The first one came and said to him, the oxen were plowing, your donkeys were grazing, the Sabians came and carried away and attacked and killed your servants. And I am the only one that escaped to come to tell you. Whilst the story was still being related, another one came and said, and fire from God came down and burned your ship and your servants, and I am the only one that escaped to come and tell you. And while the other one was speaking, the other one came and said, the Chaldeans carried your camels away, killed your servants, and I am the only one that escaped to come to report to you. And as if that was all, the fourth one came and said, while your children were in a party, the roof collapsed on your sons and your daughters, and they all died. And I am the only one that escaped to come to tell you. It's always the case. There will always be someone to come to bring the sad news to you. Brothers and sisters, it never rains, but it pours. When the storm hits, it pours. Now, the second thing in verse 37 that we learn about the storm, they can be very severe. They can even shake your very foundation. Your fundamental belief can be shaken. To the point you can ask yourself, does God really care? Why me? Remember, the storm has hit. It shakes your very foundation. It comes in high proportions, like a hurricane. And it, remember, the storm in this case was not on solid ground. It was on sea. No, in the evening. You can imagine. 
And also, looking at verse 37, the storms can also be, be very overwhelming, very threatening. And the story tells us that the, the waves were so big, they actually almost covered this boat. They were bigger, higher, than, and mightier than the boat. And the boat was almost filled with water. And when the, the, the storm starts hitting you, you will feel as if you are helpless. And we learn also in verse 38 that when the storms hit, they can make us question even the very love of God. Why? Because when the disciples found themselves in this situation, they went to Jesus unceremoniously. They woke him up. As we say in Afrikaans. And then they come to him. They said, Master, don't you care? Can't you see that we are all perishing? Imagine if Jesus can also perish. That's the situation which these disciples found themselves in because they actually question the very life of Jesus. They know that he's the creator of heaven and earth, but now the storm has hit. Now, the, the second point, what to do when the storm comes? I listened to the song that we have just sang here. It says, I've heard of you, but now I've seen you. Those are two different scenarios. You can hear about the storms, but listen, when they hit, you will be able to see God in that situation. Now, what to do when the storm comes? In verse 35, stand on the promises of God. Remember his promises and stand on the promises of God because Jesus said to his disciples in verse 35, let's pass on and go over to the other side. That's what he said. And it's going to be like that. What Jesus said, it's bound to happen. What you and I need to do is to stand on his promises. Now, the devil may say, you're not going to make it. You won't go across. And devil can also say to you, listen, not you. And you are actually a failure. Listen, you must also know that you and I have got an advantage over the enemy, which is the devil. When we start a battle, the position from which we start from, we start from a position of victory. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That's the position from which we start. We already have that advantage. But the enemy, the devil, you know where he starts from? From a position of defeat. Because he has been defeated 2,000 years ago. Stand on his promises. Don't just stand in his premises, but stand on his promises. In verse 36, what to do when it hits? We rejoice in his presence. 
Jesus was with them in the boat. Right inside the boat, his presence is peace and joy to us. His presence calls all fears to, to be submissive to his authority. His presence, he was inside the boat, and Jesus is not just a fair-weather friend. When things are good, he, he's with you, but when the things are coming, becoming hot, and then he leaves you. No, what a friend that we have in Jesus. He's always with us, because he is the always present I am. He is never I was. He is always in the perfect present time and tense. He is the I am. He said he will never leave us. Neither will he forsake us. His presence. In verse 38, in that situation, when the storm starts hitting, you must look around. Look for his power. Look for his power. He is not just there. He's there with his power. Where Jesus is, his power is present. Now, when Jesus woke up from that comfortable sleep that he had on a cushion, the first thing he did, he rebuked the wind and spoke to the waves. Jesus, when he starts dealing with the situation that you find yourself in, he doesn't look at the outcome, but he looks at the source. The source of the storm was the wind. Jesus knows the source of the attack. Now, he deals with the wind. He, say, he speaks to the wind and rebukes it, and he says to the waves, be quiet. That is his authority goes with his presence. Now, in verse 37 and 39, we are told there that in verse 37, it was a great storm. In verse 39, it was a great calmness. The bigger the attack, the greater the solution and your victory. That is our Lord. Now, Jesus is asking two questions now. After all the drama, He's asking two questions. Question number one, why are you so afraid? Whenever the devil attacks, he triggers fear. I was told, told by people who did dog psychology that a dog doesn't just bite you. It first senses fear in you. When it starts to say, huh, and you start crying, and then it jumps on you, it's going to bite you. Hey, Sergio, bait. Now, <coughs> now they say, if, if you are not afraid of the dog, the dog is going to sense, no, you're not afraid, you just I keep quiet, or the dog will do nothing to you. That's what the dog psychologist says, but I have been beaten several times by dogs, but I don't know. <laughs> now, let me move on. While you face the storm of life, don't be afraid. 
Look at the storm. Face the storm. Not in your own strength and authority, but in the authority of Jesus Christ. There's no way that you can go around the storm. No, you've got... Listen, it's your storm. You've got to go through it. That's when you are going to experience the presence and the power of God in your life. A, a story is told of a, a little bear and mother bear. They were walking in the forest like any kid or a child running around and she lost contact with her mom. In that process, this little bear came across a very hungry lion. And this lion did not have breakfast, neither did it have lunch. Therefore, it was going to be a brunch. <laughs> now, when the lion looked at this little bear and he started charging, this little bear did not lose focus. Her eyes was fixed on the lion. When the lion charges, she will take a few steps back. And so the attack, that, that, the attack went on. Until at a point, the little bear found herself that there is an object that her bag is stuck on. And she knew that I can't go any further now. At that moment, when the little bear looked at the, at the lion, the lion stopped. And the bear thought, ah, why, why is this lion stopping? And the little bear charged and the lion started reversing. And little bear started having fun and charged again. The lion turned around and ran away. What is the secret? The tree that the lion thought, that the bear thought is stuck on, it was her mom. Her mom, two meters tall, standing on her two feet, was actually telling the lion, not my baby. So it is in our lives. When the storm is tough, Jesus is there for you. Don't look away from the storm. Look at the storm and stand in the promises and the presence and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Paul is encouraging Timothy. He says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, spirit of love, and self-discipline. That's what God has given us. Now, don't turn your back against the storm. Face it as it comes, but face it in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. Now, let me... Just finish by giving you my personal testimony about the first storm I met the day I received the Lord Jesus Christ. It was in 1973. Um, I was 17 years of age. If you are good with your calculation, you will know more or less how old I am. And that night, I went around Saturday night looking for the the Roy Rose, the Red Roses, like a young man at 
that night, as I was moving around, I came across a small Sheikh Baptist church. And that church had a small mic speaker that was haunting. And, and that noise actually pulled me, attracted me. I went in. When I was inside, I started realizing, ooh, here are these red roses that I was looking for. And there were also young men and adults, and the service was going on. And young people started witnessing, sharing their testimonies. And I started realizing, this is what I need. And the preacher came and he preached. And after that sermon, I gave my life to Jesus. That evening, after being counseled, I went home. During that time at my home, um, Saturday night, it was, it was a night of freedom. You can go wherever you want and nobody's going to ask you where you're coming from. When I came back, I don't know where the other children were, my elder brothers and sisters, but I found my younger brother that comes after me. And he was in the house and I came and joined him to, 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 to sleep. And in those days, we were not sleeping on beds. We were sleeping on the floor. And we enjoyed that. And I remember our home was a three-house, three-roomed house. Like the door there was the main bedroom where my parents would sleep. And the other room was on the other side. We were sleeping in the main uh, sitting room. And as I was sleeping, we were sharing the same blankets on the floor. As we were sleeping, we felt a very heavy fear, a fear that I cannot describe. And that fear came on us, and, you know, the, the, the heart would beat boom, boom, boom. And we were sweating. To make it worse, my younger brother said slightly in my ear, I am afraid. I said, ooh, he's making it worse. What's all the booty doing? What must I do now? But suddenly inside me, that very night when I received Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God told me, listen, Christ is in you. You've got the authority. I stood up. I started rebuking the spirit. I said, you evil spirit, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you to leave. You won't believe me. You know, the door that was open, immediately I rebuked that spirit. It closed on its own. And suddenly, great calmness came upon me as if, you know, I had a nice cold shower and everything was at peace. Little did I know, the night that I received Jesus Christ, the storm started because the evil spirit were fighting in me, especially in my home. And that was the night I got my self-deliverance. And God was with me through that very first storm. Now, in conclusion, storms are there to come. Storms have come, they will come again. Are you and I ready to be able to face the storms? When the storm comes, look for his power. Look for his presence. He is there to help you through. May God bless you. Amen. Maybe you can uh, pray for... 
people in our church that are going through a storm. These things that are severe, unexpected, come out of nowhere. There are people in our church in storms right now. And one of these days, it'll be each one of us. So, Johannes, thanks for this encouraging word, and, and please pray for us. Let's all stand together, and then we'll close with a song. Maybe we can sing your graces enough. Our great God and Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you to know that you are the I Am. You are the ever-present God. Father, you know the storm before it actually starts. And you know the storms as they come our way. And we know that, Lord, you are our victor. And I want to pray for each and everyone in this service today that whatever storm that you may be facing, I pray that the peace of God that transcends understanding will guard your heart and your soul in Christ Jesus. I pray against every storm. When it comes, we know that your presence, your power is there to help us. Father, carry your children. You know them more than they know themselves. Let them rally around your power and have the peace of God. And storms, be quiet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's say standing as we sing, great is your faithfulness, O oh God. <laughs>